You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear Multi-Hyphenate. I am your host, Michael Kushner, and I am so excited that you're joining me today. This episode with A. Boylan is incredible, um, but before we get into it, a few things to talk about. As always, thank you to Broadway Podcast Network. Um, thank you uh, for giving me space, and and I, I have loved being with you since... Um, since 2020, which is really cool. I can't believe we're going on our third year of this collaboration together, and I'm so honored. So thank you to Broadway Podcast Network. Check out all of the amazing other theater-based podcasts with Broadway Podcast Network. There are, uh, if, if you think you want to know something about the theater industry, chances are that conversation has been recorded with Broadway Podcast Network, so just head to bpn.fm and search away. Um, As always, please, if you like what you hear, if you like these conversations, if they inspire you, let me know. A great way to let me know is by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, rating, subscribing, commenting, all that good stuff, and following me on Instagram at tearmulti-hyphenate or at the Michael Kushner. Um, I really love to keep it interactive. I don't want to just be a voice you hear, but a personality and an inspiration in your life that is actually interacting with you. So please drop me a line. Let's chat. Oh gosh, there is so much on my mind. There is so much on my mind. First of all, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Um, as I'm recording this intro, it's the day after, well, it's the day of, day after, uh, our Covenant House sleep out where the stage and screen community comes together and, um, sleeps outside overnight in solidarity with homeless youth. Is that how you, that's not how you say youth. This is how you say youth, 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 homeless youth. Uh, and this year we raised, as of right now, about $318,000. And the way that um, I raise funds is I do entries of $50, gets you into a uh, – donations of $50 gets you into an entry into a raffle with me for a free headshot session. And Kirsten Wrinkle won. Thank you for donating. Thank you all who donated. Uh it's it's just a really incredible night. We learn about Covenant House, and this was the first year that they had it um, at the new facility. 
And if you would like to donate, they're going to keep this specific donation page open until the end of the year. So we can keep we can keep um, raising funds for homeless youth. So you can go to the link in my bio and donate donate away or donate directly on the website. But um, donate through our page <laughs> to say that this stage and screen community raised, you know, more than we already did today, which is so incredible. Um, but I'm exhausted because, you know, we we do sleep outside. And last night it was in the 30s. Um, and yes, we did get cold. And um, yes, it was uncomfortable. Uh, you know, it's so wild because homeless youth, homeless people go through that daily and this was just you know a few hours that I had to experience that and I didn't want to do anything today this is my six year sleeping out and I'm always reminded how much I don't want to do today I just want to lay down in my comfy bed um and people experiencing homelessness don't get to do that and we expect them to apply for jobs and and show up to work and to do this do that when oh when sleeping on the street takes everything out of you and um i'm saying this from very privileged from a very privileged experience right it's a very it's it's a simulation basically we are protected um with security and we are together and we can leave at any moment and go to our homes and our families go inside use the bathroom that's not the case for homeless youth so it's a an act of solidarity and if you can donate please do covenant house get into it and if you know uh someone uh, uh someone younger a younger younger person that is facing homelessness or uh, uh, not a great home situation um send them to covenant house okay they're amazing um another thing now let's get into the world of theater uh, and TV film. I saw this really interesting TikTok that was about how this person should feel that they can respond any which way they want in a show, that they're allowed to um, shout and holler and scream, and I think they even said they could sing along with the show. And I found this to be very interesting. I think what it boils down to is the situation, right? Theater is for us all. Theater is for the people. It's for us. And you should be able to experience it any which way you want. Um, but when it becomes about you, when the theatrical experience becomes about you and not about what's happening on stage, that's an, that's when I think we have a little bit of an issue because people also paid to be there to have their own experiences. I think, you know, in Phantom of the Opera... I don't think we should be singing along with that high C that's that Christine sings. You know, that's what so much of the ed ticket price is for. It's not for you to sing along to. But a show like Anne Juliet, where there are songs like from the Backstreet Boys, I think you're allowed to whoop and holler. You know, it's it's that sort of a show. Um, but as long as it's not distracting, as long as it's not like you're taking away from the storytelling i think you as an audience member have a responsibility to other audience members as well 
remember self theater is not a focus a self-focused entity it's a give and take we give energy to those on stage that are giving to us so let's all be kind to each other we don't need to gatekeep how people respond but also i think we need to check in with ourselves how we are also choosing to respond to a show just be be kind be careful be yourself as my grandma always says now let's move on to the question segment um a question came to me from mkldmn on instagram uh they ask do you need a degree to get into the industry if not what's the best way to get out there aha great question now here's the thing i mm, i'm a firm believer in education and college um, that's very important to me and it's important to my family. I'm the first person in my family to go to a four-year school and get a degree. And um, I'm very proud of that. I also graduated with distinction and I was a TA and on the guest artist committee and I just hosted a, I am seeing an event with Ithaca in the city. I'm very proud of my college and, and proud of giving back. Um, but here's the thing this industry i notice so many different programs across the world their intention is to challenge you right to go okay i see you can do this what if you did this instead but what happens somewhere along the way especially because young students prefrontal cortexes aren't fully developed is that there's and, and professors don't communicate as well as they should sometimes there is a there is what can be perceived as abuse or not a safe space and people lose themselves i lost myself in college i did i i watched other people lose themselves but i also watched people find themselves and i found myself too i think it's just an emotional time and I think if you want to study theater, absolutely go for it. But you don't need to study theater to be in theater. Um, I have seen so many people uh, study other things and make it on Broadway within a year of moving to the city. Study chemistry and physics and whatever. Law even. And then they come here and then they make it on Broadway, TV, film. It's incredible. I think sometimes when you actually study something, you sort of lose your love for it because it gets way too close and way too personal. Um, I've seen people from my own school and other schools leave the industry, not even give themselves a chance. Um, and we are in an industry where you don't, it's, it's anyone could be a part of this industry, right? Social media stars. Um, if you got talent, then you got talent. You don't have to. Uh, have a BFA or a BA or an MFA. I mean, some shows, yes, they do require an MFA, but that's becoming less and less. Um, I think schools offer uh, net weaving experiences. I don't like to say networking because that sounds like we have to do something. Net weaving, it's about, you know, finding each other, being there for each other, net weaving. It's more positive. I just feel like college creates a really great, um, it can create environment, environments, supportive environments. Like Ithaca, Ithaca has something called the Ithaca Mafia, where it's that sort of setup where 
if you see Ithaca on a resume, that person usually takes that person under their wing or very accessible when you go, hey, I went to Ithaca. I was wondering if I could be your assistant or ask you questions or, you know, it, the program is sort of designed like that. So I'm I, I'm here to say it's not for me to decide if, if you want to study because you could take course you could take standalone courses and coachings you don't have to get a degree but there are some incredible things in the college programs that you can't get anywhere else like studying abroad or studying under a certain professor or you know you have to do all that research but no you don't need a degree to join the industry should you have a degree to join the industry who knows that's for you to find out but I do want to also just say I love my college I love Ithaca College and you know there were ups, there were downs, but I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. It was absolutely fabulous. Let's start the episode, shall we? That was a long intro, but I have a lot on my mind, and I love talking with you and to you and, you know, all that jazz. So let's jump into this wonderful conversation with A. Boylan. Uh, A. Boylan, pronouns they, them, is a New York City-based director, creator, and composer developing new work towards trans liberation. Selected honors include new writer in residence at Lincoln Center Theater, 2019 Trans Lab Fellow, 2019-20 Manhattan Theater Club Directing Fellow, 2021 Johnny Mercer Foundation Songwriter, 2021 Prospect Theater Co. MT Lab, 2022 MTF XR Garage Artist, 2020 through 2022 Roundabout Theater Co. Directors Group, and currently Musical Theater Factory's Makers Cohort. If you want to check out more about a Boylan, go to www.aboylan.com. We talk about so many wonderful things like individual approaches to the multi-hyphenate, the pros and cons of branding, capitalism, bragging about callbacks on social media, misinformation on social media, and A's new project, The Doctor is Dead. The production can be heard on all podcast platforms beginning September 2nd with new episodes released weekly. So, you know, we're we're a little we're about two months after the release, but check it out. It's incredible. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Hello, A. How are you? Hi. Uh, doing well. How about you? We haven't seen each other in a second in person, but we... Several I know... seconds. Several, Several seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know you through Musical Theater Factory. Yes. The best um, way to know someone, I think. Uh, oh, my. When did you join Musical Theater? When did you start with Musical Theater Factory? Um, it was very, it was a simultaneous journey of coming to make stuff at the factory and also moving to New York for me. From where? Because, well, I met Shakina actually at Shakina Nafak, the founding artistic director of Musical Theater Factory, um, at the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center in oh. Waterford, Connecticut. And I was in a directing program there and she heard some of my music that I was making there, which music was not the thing I was telling anyone about at the time. It was just for me. And she heard some of it and she said, you should, uh, and also we talked about our values and everything. And she was like, there's a space in New York. You should just move here and do that. <laughs> and so I did. Um, I absolutely just did that. <laughs> That's amazing. For those of you that are listening and are like, what's Musical Theater Factory? Well, one, I could tell you haven't listened to any other episode before this. Number two, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Number two, Musical Theater Factory uh, is a organization that focuses on decentering whiteness in the creation of new musical theater and also free from the pressures of critical or commercial success. And uh, it started in a gay porn studio, four floors above the original uh, 
location of the drama bookshop 250 west 40th street and it when we look back at it and go wow what a time it's exactly what it was it was sweaty and full of whiskey and um gritty and amazing and i miss those days of the old gay porn studio musical theater factory but what has been so incredible is that it has transformed into yes uh uh, one of the more iconic pipelines for the creation incubators for musical theater. I mean, a strange loop was incubated there. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, White girl in danger was also incubated there. There are so many incredible shows that were incubated there, but it started, it was founded by Shakina Nafak and, um, and I, Shakina brings so many people together. I, I, I remember I was working at Barrington stage with Shakina and we were out for dinner and she was like, when I moved to the city, because she was planning to leave Barrington and move to the city, I'm gonna start a I'm gonna start a theater, and it's gonna be this. And I was like, well, as soon as you know, I will be there to help you paint and do and all that stuff. And we got the email being like, got a space. And next thing you know, we were painting a gay porn studio black <laughs> and moving a piano in there and all that good stuff. It was iconic. It's amazing how there are these shared people in our communities who like are the are the reason why others know each other right they are the catalyst we're gathering um which is something that i hope that like we all can wear that hat at some point we all can like find a purpose to bring people together um but also it's so special to know those who continue to practice that they are the gatherers um it is a way by which it's like a shorthand of saying oh you know chikina you know this person we we probably share some some values. We probably have some same vibe. I love that you called them gatherers. You know, yeah. One of my I have my book coming out, How to Be a Multi Hyphenate in the Theater Industry in February. Yes. And one of my chapters is about net weaving versus networking and mm. how in the 21st century we should be, you know, there's so many people that hate the word networking and are there's such a distaste to it. They don't want to do it. It's, it's, it seems fake, but there is a real way to network that is authentic. And for me, it's just switching the in, uh, intention of what it is or, or the uh, practice of what it is. And that's weaving, interweaving, figuring out how to, how to solve each other's um, problems, figuring out how to build relationships and, Shakina is a net weaver. She goes, you know, I have this perfect person for you that I think you would love, or ugh, I I loved what you just wrote. I know who should direct this. Like she is that net weaver, that gatherer uh, yes. that you that you talk about. And to to Shakina, to Shakina, I'm raising <laughs> my water, my mason jar full of water right now. <laughs> I love that. And here's some uh, Dove Extra Hold Hairspray. Ooh. This it's podcast a fancy is, Friday. I know, Fancy Friday. This <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Dove Extra Hold Hairspray. Just kidding. It's not. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, but, but Dove, if you're listening. Um, yeah. So let's let's chat because you have a project that you're working on that um, I, I think do. is really, really awesome and exciting. But before we go into it, you're on Dear Multi-Hyphenate, so I have to know what to you is a multi-hyphenate. I could literally rant for years. I could write, I could, you already wrote a book, but I, <laughs> I feel like I could write a book too. I I, I want to read yours and then figure out what, what it needs to, <laughs> what I need to fill my pages with. But um, there is 
something that I think gets in my way or has gotten in my way in the past when thinking about the multi-hyphenate. And I think it's the hyphen. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the idea that it's why like I'm a non-binary human that doesn't like to hyphenate the non and the binary. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, that's another binary, but it's like, it, it's it, to, to put the barrier in the middle. But I, I yeah, it, it feels sometimes like it is divisive within myself. Mm. It is a way of saying these are discrete. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, when I introduce myself uh, in a group setting, whatever, in a professional setting, and I have to like log line myself, I'll often say, hi, I'm A. Boylan. I use they, them pronouns. I'm a director, a creator, and a composer developing new works towards transliberation. And the reason why I say it that way is because I try to name some of the things that I do because I've learned that it is helpful to be specific. Um, but those are really different names for a practice that orients itself around a, a purpose, like a reason. Um, and I do think that is what uh, has changed it for me um, in terms of being more proud about naming all the all the multis between the hyphenates, <laughs> all the, <laughs> that's not grammar, but uh, uh, yeah, just like naming all those different facets of my practice is because um, I wanna put the focus on the way in which they speak to one another. I mean, that's a personal thing because some people their multi-hyphenate practice are distinct practices. Um, and, and that is, uh, you know, beautiful and complicated and still woven together by who they are. But for me, a lot of the different names I have for what I do are actually, um, you know, I can't think of a better example than the Hydra. <laughs> I don't want to make myself a monster, but no, like, tell me. they're all connected to the same beast, right? All the different faces. They maybe look different in the ways in which I maybe show up in different rooms at different times, mm-hmm. but, um, but there's one heartbeat. Um, yeah. I think think that's today what it means to me. (laughs) I think that's so beautiful. Um, I love that. And I actually, based on what you're saying, I think that we're speaking the same language. We're just using different words. Sure. Um, Because the hyphen for me is helpful because what I always say is that when there are people that are like, I'm a multi-hyphenate and they start listing all of their hobbies and skills. I'm like, no, you're multi-talented or Uh, that's amazing. But the hyphen for me connects the things. Yes. And I think for multi-hyphenate, you have to be able to understand how your photography affects your acting and your podcasting and your podcasting affects your producing and your blah, blah, and how everything should be touching something in your multi-hyphenate identity. So I think for me, the hyphen is anti-binary which is so funny because it's a reminder for me that everything has to connect and there is no binary when it comes to the multi-hyphenate. Yeah, I, I, 100%. I think it's a frame shifting that it's yeah. been for me to like see it that way. But I um, love how you said up. that. But I love how <laughs> you said that too. Like, it's so funny because, but, and that's the that's the crazy thing about it is like with this book coming out and with this podcast, I don't want there to ever be definitive answers really because it's an art form. I want multi-hyphenating to be a theatrical art form and that there are different approaches to it and conflicting ideas and tools that work for you and don't work for me and vice versa. I think with social media, we're getting theaters starting to become, have this like boss babe attitude of like three ways Mm. to succeed in your next audition. And I'm like, 
that's not never that should never be a thing ever in a million years but here are three tips to practice your art a little better things that have worked for me that maybe you can take three ways to uh gaining power in your creativity like establishing boundaries and uh forming relationships and net weaving versus networking and socially responsible artistry these things where it's like okay here are some guidelines and tools now you take it and you make it something that works for you that's what i want multi-hyphenating to become absolutely and like i i guess kind of just like at its foundation uh a way of embracing the individual it's it, i mean talking about musical theater factory right it's not a corporate interest that there are shared values. It's not that we all become one thing. Mm-hmm. It's that as a collective that recognizes every individual that's in that space and the, and the journey that brought them there and who they are, um, we collectively listen to a song or yeah. a story together. Um, that is a, a different way of approaching the idea of, um, of, of gathering. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we don't all have to... Um, corporatize in order to share space yes um wow that's beautiful i i i completely agree with you it's it's just i want artists to start wrapping their mind around specificity i have a lot of artists that are like how how do you find how did you find success how did you establish uh, a lucrative income which is the corporate kind of a corporate aspect of it right like yeah. I am garnering an income based on my art alone. I have multiple small businesses that I run in tandem with each other in an organized way. And um, people are like, how did you do that? And I'm like, well, you know, I incorporated and I did this and sort of the art. The art doesn't come second because it's the first thing that you established. But when you're establishing a small business and a incubator and a thing like that, the art doesn't come first. You have to figure out the branding and why and how you are problem solving to your community and where you fit in your community and the people you're going to be working with and incorporating and how you're going to be paying there's so and then once you once you figure that out that's when you incorporate the art that's when you that's when you start to incorporate your learned practice which i think is really interesting yeah absolutely i mean yeah that specificity of knowing the difference between this is the path I've taken to figuring out what I need mm-hmm. and then making good with yourself privately. Maybe not everyone will see this connection of what you, what tool you end up needing to use to express yeah. that need. Um, hopefully not only in the terms of legitimacy as it's like, you know, I need this paperwork. I need this terminology. Mm-hmm. I need this log line. I need this, whatever, but, being able to say actually the way in which I'm using that is specific and that will come through hopefully um if folks are listening and paying attention right yeah I I don't think people really want to hear like that there is a logistical approach to create like to finding your way I mean I'm an earth sign so that's all I think about are logistics (laughs) right yeah and and I think when I say to people well have you 
figured out this? Have you done this? Have you done that? Okay, you need it. I see people go, I, I was, I, I thought if I just, you know, maybe put my stuff on social media, maybe there were a few hashtags that I was missing, or maybe I didn't do, post at the right time. I'm like, no, it's literally years of, it's literally years of specific work and yeah. and what what you put out is specific because you know, we are cultivating an image for ourselves. We are cultivating. There are some people that like the word brand when it comes to artists. And there are some people that don't like the word brand when it comes to artists, but I'm sort of down the middle. I haven't actually figured out how I decide on it because brand makes it sound uh, not artistic and it makes it sound, you know, so like, clean and not messy and polished and perfect but at the same sure. time it's a great word that sort of encapsulates that you that on social media when you post something it does become a product and when you do share something especially when you like charge a ticket for it it does become a product it does become something it becomes a commodity it becomes something that people are purchasing i i think that the difference for me and i agree with what you're saying and there has to be a certain pragmatism by which you like everyone has to approach this in a different way but to a certain extent you have to acknowledge what's already happening and like the market that's out there right um but i i do think that there's a hmm i i think that the difference between branding for a commodified product and maybe being intentional about the way in which you present your style and like who you want to connect with, like who you're making for is that um, we can, we do off talk about specificity. I feel like because we live in this unfettered capitalist economy mm -hmm. in this country, in the United States of America, there is a conflation of terms sometimes mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. it becomes this thing of like, because of the logistical need, because of the pragmatic need to put out your work in a certain way and fund your work in a certain way, you can also begin to value your work by those logistics. You can mm -hmm. begin to value who you are and what you do mm -hmm. by the terms of engagement that have been prescribed for you. Mm -hmm. And that can be really dangerous for me because I think there's a difference between acknowledging the reality of that and saying, hey, if I only reach this number of people or I only receive this kind of numbers or impressions or whatever, <laughs> whatever the language is for the platform you're using, um, that then that means something about the value of what I've done um, rather than focusing on, hey, the, the maybe the one connection that I did have, what was that like? What was the nature of it? What was the response to it? Um, and, and, and that is like, it is both. It is both and. You have to consider all facets of the way in which something can be valued, not just in the terms of um, its dollar value. I've talked to, I, I, again, I completely agree with you. Um, I, I talk about this a lot, my feelings about, you know, the sort of, oh gosh, um, the amount of information that is put onto social media in terms of auditions callbacks um things like that that are oh yeah extremely um i think unhelpful like there's um 
I can't tell you the amount of experience is one thing, but when it starts to become factual, like there was one TikToker that I was watching where they were like, I'm in the industry and I know that like, you know, in order to be a, a, a Broadway investor, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, first of all, there's no such thing as a Broadway investor. You don't have to have, you don't have to be accredited. You yeah. uh, like there's, that's not a title. And I'm like, that is, um, that's misinformation. And I just think there's a lot of misinformation and I want to go, you know, when you are creating a brand, a product, a video based on your auditions and your, uh, things like that and callbacks I go, what is your intention? You know? Yeah. What is the intention? Because, okay, great. You're getting social, you're getting views and followers, but at what cost? And I just, I don't know. There's this new, when I was like doing EPAs and ECCs in person, I, there was always a, there was always people that I would avoid because all they would want to do is talk about their callbacks and successes and what they booked and what yeah. they didn't and who did. But people that are trying to be accessible are doing that version on social media, but it's under the guise of what I'm being accessible. I'm presenting information, blah, blah, blah. I'm building a following. I'm building a brand, but really the core of it, the intention of it is like, you're just kind of telling me about how many callbacks you're getting. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's also, it's the thing of like, uh, why, what gives you, hmm, what's an actor? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's like any of these titles that we're giving to ourselves, speaking of the multi-hyphen of it all, I, I don't know a single person who hasn't at some point, even privately, um, had a moment of doubt in a creative field yeah. early in that journey where they've said, can I use this title? Right. Do I deserve it? Right. Have I earned it? And to a certain person, I think to a certain person, to a person who lives in this world, it's a completely understandable impulse or compulsion to say, okay, I need to uh, frame it in terms of my resume. I need to frame it in terms of what rooms I'm in. Um, and if you have social media numbers, it absolutely makes sense to think that that is an important way of um, reminding yourself and others that you deserve the word. But of course the truth is, I think, no, there is no way to appraise it. There is no way to understand who deserves the word and who doesn't. If you think it, say it, try it out, explore it. Mm -hmm. um, that was actually, I remember being like 18 in an interview setting in a theater educator job. And the interviewer asked, and, and also like, what long-term are you interested in? And why do you wanna work in a theater company of all places? And I, I said, I hope to one day perhaps be a director. <laughs> I like put so many words between it. And she just very seriously, she took me very seriously. And she said, um, do you direct? <laughs> Have you directed something? And I said, yeah, I, I, that's why I'm doing it at school right now. And she said, okay, um, I'd encourage you to say that. Because what you just said to me felt very different from, from that. Yes. <laughs> it felt like two separate ideas. 
Um, and I really needed someone else to give me permission so that I could begin to give myself that permission. My, but that that's so funny because it's like, yes, I agree with you. But when people start to use it, when use social media as that yeah. sort of pat on the back, that's when I go, uh, uh, you know, because yeah. uh, my, 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 my friend and I have this thing that we say to each other all the time when we see certain posts, we go, call your mom, <laughs> call your mom. Oh, well, I felt that in my bones. Call your mom, <laughs> you know, because it's just like, I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, it's very frustrating because as someone that's been in the industry for 22 years and is trying to, is trying to make the industry a better place, it with access with accessibility and with you know ec like equitable experiences for the industry and really trying to just like do things right when you, when someone takes up social media space in social media and is like so my callback went so well but like i didn't i'm like call your mom call your mom oh yeah no i i i understand i think there is like everyone that's what i'm their... talking about yeah that's what... It feels like a boundary is being crossed. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> because yes. everyone has the right to like their space, but as it comes into like the publics of social media, which still feel, I feel like a grandma in terms of like, I don't understand. I, yeah, I think we don't yet understand how the social media works, but like it also, I, I do think that there is still so much uncertainty when someone shares something, exactly how it is manifesting in other people's spaces like it feels like this combination of private networking <laughs> net weaving and and this sense of like public and and, and those it, it's it's very hard sometimes to get especially when actually I think you're in a, a mind space of like disparaging of thinking well who am I actually even reaching and um and who's actually going to look at this that you you, you start to forget where your reach is. But that is exactly my point. I go, anyone can listen to what you are saying right now. Do you want, do you want a casting director or director to see your videos of you being like, mm, I didn't get a call back. Yeah. Like, I don't think that they're going to respond very, any director or casting director I know doesn't respond positively to those videos. So I'm just yeah. like, I think we need to start cultivating a helpful experience when it comes to social media and a less self-focused one and also a factual one. Cause like, all right, great. You're talking about your callbacks, you're sharing information, but what is true and why are you sharing it? How can you turn those stories into a lesson? And that is where I think, you know, um, I I I feel like the brand thing sort of goes in because it's like there are people that I follow on social media that I know what I'm getting when I follow them. I'm getting a certain oh, kind of whimsical humor. I'm getting uh, three steps to helping me with my social media experience. I'm getting uh, tips on writing a pilot. I I I know what I'm getting, right. um, and that's I think where we as creators need to sort of toe the line as opposed to like. It's sort of our, aside from the multi-hyphenate, it's sort of like an extension of our triple threat. Like, yes, we've been actor, singers, dan actor, singer, dancers for many years, but now it's sort of like there's an added like actor, singer, dancer, 
has a great presence on social media. It's just yeah, 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 yeah. This, no, like, absolutely weird. Uh, you just gotta have it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it it also it also speaks to I I yeah absolutely everything that you just said. I I think that there's maybe a need almost like you're talking about services that certain accounts provide for you, right? There's certain things that they offer. There's an offering of 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 what goes into their particular brand to use that word hopefully in a way that <laughs> actually describes like its engagement and like who it's reaching and why but there's maybe also a need from people who want to put something out yes but the impulse is only coming from a place of need yeah. where actually that impulse would be um more helpfully directed towards and this is what i think we are in lacking of in many ways but like a coalition or a union or, you know, a, a space where people are, there's advocacy on behalf of that person in their job. And hopefully, you know, we all would love to have friends and loved ones around us and maybe even a therapist who gets it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we don't have that or sometimes yeah. we don't have that today. Yeah. And so it can be really necessary, I think, to be able to have a number to call or someone to speak to, or, or some a, a place to share a story where yes. maybe the person doesn't know all the things involved, but it might meet other stories being shared and actually coalesce into something like a response. Um, it's actually really kind of cool. Yeah. That's, that's actually amazing. I love the idea of a coalition that has to do with sort of um, like, uh, like, like it's like a therapy for artists but it's 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 like an open ear therapy <laughs> like yeah. i don't know just like this like yes i understand god that casting director is tough anyway <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah i, I kind of love that idea i think that's brilliant you you um you also had two stephanie j block references that i don't think you knew that you made but um one you said unfettered which i haven't heard that word since the nine to five cast album and get out, stay out. <laughs> and number two you said making good which is a cut song from wicked it's the original yes. wizard and i and stephanie j block sings that on the extended wicked cast album the 15th anniversary cast album of wicked so you just made two stephanie j block references and for that i applaud you it, thank you thank you i actually um the last thing about stephanie j block having recorded that did not know, and I feel like a bad fan. No, you gotta <laughs> listen to, to it, it's this. so good. It's so good. Absolutely. It's a great song. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply 
Okay, so we're back. Now let's jump into why we're why you're here, and that is the doctor yes. is dead. Yes. Talk to me about what that is, how that came to be. Go into it. Now's your time. Now's my time. I'm gonna hit you with the log line to you stay concrete <laughs> and to try to keep myself on track. Um, so the Doctor is Dead is a new musical audio drama created by me. Um, it's a contemporary fantasy for queer imaginations that follows a group of trans outcasts living underground. Using their unique abilities, these outcasts, these songbirds, storytellers, they uncover the narrative of a mysterious empty coffin. And in so doing, they sing a song of leaving of grief that becomes giving of what begins in the end. Um, but to be a little bit more human and less canned about it, um, this is very much like a love letter to all of the audio that I've listened to, all of the fantasy that I've read and rediscovered over the last couple of years. Um, and I'm not trying to be vague. I mean, since the pandemic started, yeah. uh, I, I feel like there was a real rediscovery for me in no longer being able to make in live encounter. Um, where I was drawn to the very things that inspired me when I was like a wee, a wee 12 or 13 years old, but felt a little, you know, it, like the teen years, like felt very gate kept out of, mm -hmm. um, just because of, uh, you know, factors of myself and how I was presenting that I, I didn't even yet fully understand, but, mm -hmm. um, it's been a real joy to like rediscover all these like queer creators and like the fantasy space and the audio space. And um, so this is very much a love letter to all of those makers while also hopefully maybe bringing some of my own personal style to it, my own voice into the mix. Um, Cause it is weird and it is a musical. So that's my stuff. <laughs> That's my, I love that. So yeah. what have you learned about yourself in this process? What have I learned about myself? I mean, to speak about the multi-hyphenate of it all, mm -hmm. I, even though I've, even though I've always been an artist who has worked sonically in different ways, mm -hmm. like, like, like someone's aural experience of something that I've made has always mattered to me. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, um, working specifically in this space of like, not just audio, but audio made for capture, mm -hmm. audio made to be presented in perpetuity. Mm -hmm. That's so different coming from a theater background, coming from a theatrical encounter, performance art installation, yeah. dance theater world. Yeah. And, um, and so making something where I can commit to what it sounds like and what it will sound like is a very different like modality of creative thinking for me. Um, and I'm also learning, I love it. It's so new and I'm kind of a control freak. <laughs> I'm very much a like stereotypical sun, Virgo sun sign. And so like having all of these tools to work with and collaborators who like are excited about using those tools mm -hmm. has been a real lesson in exercising decision-making with regard to like, this matters today. This is a thing for the future. This is something I like to hold on to. Mm -hmm. Here's somewhere we went wrong, but actually 
inevitably made it what it is. And, and now I know that path for future projects in this medium or in um, mediums that maybe speak to this one. Um, it's also taught me like, I love film and TV a whole lot. And cool. that's been a huge influence in my theater work, but I'm now learning like, oh, maybe I should write a pilot. <laughs> oh, maybe I should, you know, like episodic scripting for something um, is such a different way of thinking as well. There's so much new. I'm learning about myself every day with this. Right, because the Doctor is that is episodic. You're releasing an yes. episode a, a week, correct? Yes, that's correct. It's a seven episode limited series. We began September 2nd. We're ending October 7th. And do they do does each so does each um story have to do its continuation or yes. there are its vignettes? Like great. Okay. Yes, it's it's it is it is one serialized story. Um, although different episodes follow different characters through um different facets of this world, but they all do work together in one shared story. Do you know that um have you ever heard like when, you know? this might be a little bit of a morbid uh comparison but sure when someone loses their sight they say that their hearing goes is much more um intense yeah. and sensitive and they pay attention so much more to hearing they hear things that they've never been able to hear before vice versa when you lose one sense etc um the uh, the others get heightened do you feel like you experienced that when creating this, that because there's no visual element, that the details of the work that you had to put out were, you were paying extra attention to it because there was nothing sort of visual to distract you or the audience? It, it's a it's a great question and one which has, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's confounded me to this whole process because every step of the way, there has been something that we've, a decision we've made, a, a line of text that we're looking at a song where someone in the room, myself or someone else has realized, oh, this is so visual. Mm. Like this is so imagistic. Cool. Like it needs to be embodied. Like when we were recording with actors in the studio, like it was really hard to not dance. It was hard to not like really kind of come into the room as a part of the, as a part of the collaboration. Um, and, and and kind of acknowledge that um it it hopefully i think does speak to a, 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 you know it transfers in the actual work itself i think um in the same way that like maybe if you're someone who likes to read a, a novel um is a very visual experience. Yes, you're reading it on the page, but it's also a visual experience in the images it creates. Mm -hmm. And for me, as someone who hears music all the time, um, it then also then becomes an aural one as well. And so I, I think like the way that which these senses speak to each other, if we've done our work well and kind of built a, a world um, or a moment or a story, mm -hmm. um, the senses that matter to you will come they'll mm, arrive. Mm. Um, and also something important to acknowledge is that like when you're sharing something that is in digital media form, where someone encounters it is almost as important 
as the actual media itself. Mm -hmm. Like people can choose to, there are maybe some more conventional modes of listening to a podcast, like Mm -hmm. in your car or on the subway, um, in ear or on a speaker. Um, There's some familiar ways that we're, we think of when we think of like what it means to listen to a podcast, but still all of those spaces are different. All of those people's days are different and what they're seeing, I hope that actually becomes a part of the image of the thing. I hope that like people can bring their own sense of meaning and what they've been hearing and seeing and experiencing um, to their experience of, of, of this piece, if that makes sense. That is so beautiful. And I, you know, I can't wait to dive into this uh, because I love all things Halloween holiday season so your your last episode comes out the last week of october so oh, the first week of october i mean yes. sorry that's what i meant first i'll take that again so <laughs> so your your last episode comes out the first week of october so that means we'll that's correct we'll have a, a good time to um enjoy this and get some spookies uh, and by the time this airs the whole uh the whole the whole story will be aired so yeah please, you can binge it if you want yes <laughs> dive into a boylan's the doctor is dead and where where can we find this um wherever you listen to podcasts but if that's stressful um tdidpodcast.com is our website and you can find us at TDID podcast on instagram as well love it as we wrap up um unfortunately and i could talk to you for days it seems like what is something that you're going to carry on with you from this experience from creating the doctor is dead what's something that you didn't know you needed or you didn't know was within you that you're going to carry into any other project that you have coming up i think the thing that you've been sitting on the thing that you've been waiting to do is emergent now it's not even a choice so much as an acknowledgement of what's already happening yeah and there is an inevitability to um being a creator and deciding that you need to compromise what you want to do and how others will receive it yeah um to speak to that legitimacy anxiety and the social media anxiety that we talked about before right um if that begins to inform where you begin it will also become the end of that thought of that inspiration and so this has been a project where i didn't know if i could do this and i didn't know if i should and i didn't know if anyone wanted it Mm -hmm. but i'm really really grateful that i followed the impulse um and i hope that it leads me to other impulses that i i I might have wrongly decided should be kept private Um, and hopefully it becomes something new. That's what I wish everyone could um, understand more is that you never know if you're sitting on the next great play or musical that's going to change the world. I mean, how many, how many uh, creation, how many incredible creations have we lost because someone said, "Ugh, I'm not important enough to write this or, "Ugh, I don't believe in myself or, Oh, I don't think that's going to be funny or, or, emotional or dramatic enough no if you have an idea explore it create it get it out there and if what's stopping you is the pressure to think will i or will i not change the world with this work i think ask the question of yourself will it change me Mm -hmm. will it change my world 
And if the answer is yes to that, I think that's reason enough. You can start there. I also think that in turn, if it's affecting you positively, if it's changing you, then it's going to change the world because... I mean, that's spicy. That was what I secretly meant. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I picked up what you were putting down. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that that's the key to to changing the world. I think people are like, how do I change the world? How do I do it? I go, start with what you know. Yeah. Start with what you know. And and I think you'll you'll start seeing some positive changes. Abe Oylen, you are absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for being on Dear Multi-Hyphenate. No, you are wonderful. No, you. Where can we find you on social media? Oh, I'm mostly off of social media now, but I do do the Insta thing um, on Instagram at Era Boylan, E-R-A-B-O-Y-L-A-N on Instagram. Wonderful, fabulous. Thank you so much for being under multi-hyphenate. Thank you to Broadway Podcast Network and thank you to Musical Theater Factory for, of course, connecting us and uh, bringing The Doctor is Dead to Dear Multi-Hyphenate. As always, please follow on social media at Dear Multi-Hyphenate or at the Michael Kushner. Um, the book is available for pre-order now on the Rutledge website and on Amazon as well. So if you have an Amazon gift card, use it. All right. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.